sitcoms and drama. But sadly, there's also real Christians and counterfeit Christians. And Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. You'll know them by how they live. You'll know them by the lifestyle they live, whether they're real or counterfeit. In Matthew chapter 9, that's going to be on page 857 in the Bibles in front of you, we find a very good picture of real faith. We know there's real faith and we know there's phony faith. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So in Matthew chapter 9, page 857 in those Bibles, I want to share with you a story about the Lord. Now this story follows an episode where Jesus has been requested by a Roman ruler to come to his house because his daughter's dead. That's a pretty serious situation. And so Jesus is on his way to his house. And while he's on his way to the Roman ruler's house to see about that daughter, a woman who was very, very ill, had been very, very ill actually for 12 years, the Bible says in verse 20, came from behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says that in verse 21, this woman said to herself, this ill, this very sick woman said to herself, if only I could touch his garment. If I could just touch his clothes, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, my daughter. Your faith has made you well. And that woman was made well from the hour. Your faith has made you well. But then when he got to the Roman ruler's house, he actually brought that young daughter back to life. And then in the uh, narrative that follows that, in verse 27, the Bible says that Jesus departed from there and two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Friend, do you believe that Jesus is able to save broken relationships? Do you believe that Jesus is able to heal the sick? Do you believe that Jesus is able to save lost sinners? They said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. A 
according to your faith. So Jesus greatly rewarded these two blind men because they had real faith. In one of his great sermons, Dr. Vance Havner said, you need to notice that Jesus did not say according to your fate. He did not say according to your fortune or according to your fame. He did not say according to your friend or according to your feelings. He did say according to your faith, let it be done to you. So to learn about real faith, the first thing we must understand is, is there are many categories of faith. Many categories of faith that affect our lives. Let me give you some examples. Number one, we have natural faith. For instance, when, uh, when you t get paid on, on a end of a week or end of a pay period, you take that money and you put it in the bank because you know that it will be kept safe there at the bank. You have faith in the bank. You have faith in a mailbox, knowing that the check is coming and it will be there at a certain point in time. You have faith in an employer, that that employer is going to pay you at the end of the work cycle. So we have natural faith. But we also have intellectual faith. For instance, a woman who follows a recipe to bake a cake is exercising intellectual faith. She believes that that cake will result if she mixes certain ingredients together correctly. There's also historical faith. We believe that George Washington was the first president of these United States. We believe that. We also believe that the same road that got us to church last Sunday is the same road that's going to get us to church this Sunday. That's historical faith. But there's also saving faith. That's the Bible faith that says God keeps his promises and what God says he'll do. The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. But there's also victorious faith. The child of God, the Christian, has real faith that God is going to keep his promises. The child of God knows in his heart of hearts that if he will pray and if he will obey God, he can have victory in his Christian life. In fact, 1 John 5, 4, the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Here it comes. Our faith. But today, we're not here to discuss natural faith, intellectual faith, historical faith. We're not even here really to talk about saving faith. We're considering the real deal. We're considering real faith and how that helps the Christian to become effective in the kingdom of God. So let's look at the various measures of faith. Within this realm of real faith, the Bible speaks of many measures of faith. There are several verses that help us understand 
real faith, and the various depths or the various planes of faith. And I want to talk to you about those this morning. First of all, there are those with no faith. In Matthew or Mark chapter 4, verse 40, when the disciples were fearing that they were going to die, Jesus said, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now these were guys that had been following Jesus around. They'd seen his miracles. They knew that he was the God over creation. And he knew he had that power. But friends, today, many Christians live without that power. They live without that victory because they have no faith. But there are also those with little faith. In Matthew's account of the same narrative, the disciples in the boat said to Jesus, Why are you sleeping? And Jesus said, Why are you fearful? O oh, you of little faith. And then Jesus arose, and he rebuked the storm. He rebuked the waves, he rebuked the winds, and you're never going to believe what happened. It was great calm. See, some Christians really struggle believing that God is able to do what God says he can do. That's little faith. But there are also those who have weak faith. The Apostle Paul instructs believers, mature believers, to receive one who is weak in the faith. Receive one who is weak in the faith. In other words, as mature believers, we're called to be patient. We're called to be uh, diligent to teach immature believers, especially those who still cling to a sinful lifestyle. But the Bible also tells us that there are those who have dead faith. The half-brother of the Lord Jesus, James, tells us clearly that faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And if something's dead, that means it really doesn't exist. See, real faith brings action. Real faith provides evidence. Real faith evidence. But then there are also those, according to the Bible, who are full of faith. Acts 11.24 speaks of a man named Barnabas, a great man named Barnabas. And the Bible says that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of faith. Man, what an example Barnabas was. What an incredible model for believers Barnabas was. What a great compliment to be called somebody who is full of faith. Can someone say that of you today? That you are full of faith? So all through the Bible, we see confirmation after confirmation after confirmation of the various depths or planes of faith. But I was inquiring of myself. I said, self. And when I start answering, that's when the trouble comes. But I said, self, what are the benefits of real faith? What is the benefit of real faith? 
Well, we know according to the Bible that faith is being sure of the things that we hope for, knowing in our heart of hearts that something's real even when we don't see it. So, to see the benefits of real faith, I think we need to ask a few questions. Maybe we need to ask, where do we get real faith? If you want it, you've got to know where to get it. Well, according to Romans chapter 10, the Bible clearly says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Therefore, a person, a believer, who studies the word of God and obeys the word of God will see the promises of God come alive in their own life. The one who studies the word and obeys the word will see more faith manifested in his life. That's why we talk so much at Bethel about life groups. We know that small group Bible study is the foundation of faith. It's what builds our faith. It is what encourages us and lets us see the promises of God come to pass. So that's where we get it. It's from the Word of God. Studying it and obeying it. But what does real faith do for the sinner, the lost sinner? Well, faith in Christ gives the lost sinner forgiveness of sins. That's the good news, amen? Faith in Christ gives the sinner forgiveness of sins, but also gives him or her righteousness before a most holy God. But it also gives a lost sinner the promises of heaven with God for all eternity. For by grace you are saved through faith. This led me to consider the thief on the cross hanging next to Jesus. That thief that had no opportunity to pay back what he stole. That thief who had no opportunity to be baptized. He simply trusted in God, trusted in Jesus with real faith, knowing that what Jesus said was going to happen would happen. And what did Jesus say? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So real faith does great things for the lost sinner. But what does real faith do for the saint, for the child of God? Well, the Bible says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And who is he who overcomes the world? He who believes. That is, he who has faith, real faith, that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, believers with real faith are able to overcome adversity in this world. Real believers with real faith are able to accomplish great things for God in this world. But what does real faith do for the church? Well, the Bible tells us that it's possible for Christians and therefore the entire church to depart from the faith. That's possible for you. It's possible for you, it's possible for the church to deny the faith. 
It's possible for the individual Christian, it's possible for the church to even waver in faith. But the same Bible also tells us that we can avoid those things by walking by faith, praying in faith, adding to our faith, contending for the faith, and also continuing in the faith. See, real faith is a huge benefit for Christians. It's a huge benefit for churches. But how do you know if you got it or not? What is the evidence of real faith? Well, again, in the book of James, we find a whole lot of very valuable things about real faith. Now, you need to know that the focus of this book of James is not how do I know I'm a Christian. The focus of the book of James is how do I show I'm a Christian. Everybody see there's a difference? You see, real faith is not just something that you talk about. James said, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that kind of faith save him? Do you know anybody who claims to be a Christian but you don't see any evidence in their life? Real faith is not just something you say. Furthermore, real faith is not just something that you feel. You can be emotionally charged, emotionally moved, and never do a thing. You can be moved in your heart of hearts, but never Act. See, real faith, friend, is more than just having sympathy. Real faith is more than just a feeling. It's more than just an emotion. Real faith takes the initiative. Real faith does something about it. Real faith is something that you act upon. So real faith is not something that you just talk about, and it's not just something you feel. But real faith is also not just something that you think. For some people, real faith is this intellectual mind game. They come to church because they want to be intellectually stimulated. They want to learn something that perhaps they didn't know. They want to study. They want to debate. They want to talk over it. They want to discuss it. They may say, I come to be stimulated mentally, but don't you ask me to commit to nothing. Don't ask me to do anything. But James says this. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You see, there will be a lot of, there are a lot of Miss Clairol Christians. Anybody know what that is? I didn't think so. Miss Clairol produces one of the widest varieties of hair color. And their motto was, nobody really knows for sure. If you're a Miss Clairol Christian, 
Would somebody say, well, nobody really knows for sure. How do you know? How do you know for sure? James says, show me. Show me. So real faith is not just something that you think. But did you know that also real faith is not just something you believe? That the Bible actually says that demons believe and tremble? Oh, they know him. And they know who he is. And they know what he did. Demons believe. Many people have strong beliefs about God. They got strong beliefs about this book. They got strong beliefs about Jesus. But big deal. Big deal if you got a strong belief. That doesn't mean that you have real faith. Because real faith, friend, is not just saying, I believe. Even the demons believe and tremble. Too many people are saying, sure, I'm a believer. Sure, I'm a Christian. But then you ask them, you attending church to worship God? Well, no, or not regularly. You ask them, well, do you serve God by giving your time? And they say, well, no. You ask them, well, do you give up of, of your resources? Uh, do you tithe or give offerings? And they say, well, no. Listen, y'all. James says that's phony belief. <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't have to say that, amen. James said that's phony belief. You're just conning yourself. And listen, there are a whole lot of people doing that today. Real faith is not just something you say. It's not just something you feel. It's not just something you think. It's not just something you believe. Real faith is something you do. Real faith is something you do. Listen carefully to this. Our faith is not determined by what we do. Y'all hear that? But our faith is demonstrated by what we do. Y'all get that? Y'all look confused, so I'm going to say it again. Our faith is not determined by what we do. You cannot do enough to earn a place in heaven. You cannot do enough to earn the favor of God. Your faith is not determined by what you do. It's determined by what Jesus did on a cross like that. However, your faith is demonstrated by what you do. Once you come to Christ, once you give your life to Christ, once you dedicated your life to the one and only God, your faith will be demonstrated by how you live that out. So, in a very real way, here's what God is saying to you. Y'all ready? Say amen if you're ready. Say, I'm ready. Talk is cheap. I believe that's what God is saying to all of us. That we need to remember that talk is cheap. You say, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Lord. James says, okay, prove it. 
because faith is demonstrated by what you do. See, your faith is demonstrated by action. Actions speak louder than words. Amen? Don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me. Amen? And our behavior, our behavior shows the world what you really believe. So do you really believe? Do you have real faith? Jesus said, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to save the lost sinner from the most gravest of sins? No matter what it is, do you believe that I'm able to do this? For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God. Not of works, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. For good works. You weren't saved by good works. You were saved for good works. Y'all see the difference, right? See, when it comes to salvation, here's how it all kind of goes down. God's hand of grace reaches down to you and says, I love you. I want you to know me. And I want us to have a relationship. And then you, even in your darkest sins, you reach up and you say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. And the Bible teaches us, friend, that when that occurs, the hand of grace comes down and the hand of faith reaches up and we call that salvation. You're believing that Jesus Christ and Him alone is the only way to be saved. It's not by joining a church. It's not by making a simple confession. It's not by getting wet in the waters of the baptistry. It's believing that Christ alone with real faith is the only way to be saved. He's the one that paid the price for your sins. And he alone is the one who can forgive them. Friend, I want to tell you this morning that God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for the life of Bethel Baptist Church. And it's activated by real faith. The question is, will you, will we follow God's plan? From the beginning of time as God knew it, his plan was that you would be saved. He wanted you to come to him through Jesus Christ and be eternally saved.
and have a place in all of eternity in heaven. Now, I don't know if you have followed God's plan or not, but you do. For by grace, the grace of God, you've been saved through faith. God has reached down his hand of grace to you. Have you reached up your hand of faith to him? And said, like those two blind men said, they said two words. Do you believe that I'm able to do this, Jesus said. And they said, yes, Lord. Have you come to that place in your life? I pray you have. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you that you wanted this relationship. Even with rebellious, sinful creatures like ourselves. Father, it is the prayer of this church. It is the prayer of this pastor. It is the prayer of these people. Lord, that if there is one who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't have a relationship with God, Lord, that today would be their day. Father, I pray that while it is simple, it's not easy. Because it takes confessing sin and turning away from it and taking hold of a new life. But Lord, you promised that you'd be with us. You promised that you would help us. That you would send a helper that we call the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to help us along this path of walking in a relationship with you. So Lord, I pray that if there is one that doesn't know you, that is not absolutely confident that if they were to die today, they'd be in heaven tomorrow. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they would come forward today. Allow me to share with them what the scriptures say about how they can be saved, how they can have the promise of eternal life, how they can be made righteous before a holy God. Thank you for loving us like you do. Lord, thank you for helping us activate real faith. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing, just as I am. Let's stand.